Score North download Declan Goff in for Manny Hill this week on Score North Live. We just broke down some Vikings talk. Adam Thielen showed up on the injury report. He is questionable for Saturday's game against the 49ers. Doubtful is J. Ron Curse. And Mackenzie Alexander has been ruled out as he has elected to have surgery. Stephon Diggs, he was also not on the final injury report, but he had missed some time with an illness. Thielen, who required stitches on that cut, according to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. So some busy bees and some important people on the injury report as the Vikings gear up for their divisional round matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Destination Winter St. Paul featuring the Wells Fargo Winter Skate and the Secure and Financial Super Slide is now open February 22nd at, or now through February 22nd at CHS Field in St. Paul. The Wells Fargo Winter Skate opens daily at 11 a.m. and the Secure and Financial Super Slide is open Thursday through Sunday. For more information, visit scorenorth.com. Keyword winter. 1-1 lifted down the left field line. High pop up. Lewis charging with the cap off and he makes the running play. Royce Lewis, the top Twins prospect, covering a lot of ground to make the catch in foul territory to end the top of the fourth. Sound courtesy of MILB.com. This is Score North Live. That was Twins' top prospect. As you heard, Royce Lewis making a nice play. Rami Makhlouf in the TCL Broadcast Studios along with Judd Zulgad and Danny Cunningham. Back to some Vikings talk at 1 o'clock. But uh, that guy apparently is... Not not on the table, but going to be very hard for the Twins to put on the table. If you listen to what Thad Levine told MLB Network Radio just a few days ago, and Derek Wetmore wrote about this for ScoreNorth.com and the ScoreNorth mobile app, he says there are just certain players that make it very challenging for you to look at a deal, maybe on the entirety of its merits. As best as we try to do that, when certain names come up, you're really desirous of holding on to them. I would commit to the fans... We're going to always evaluate every trade proposal, but there are a handful of players who I think we really, truly, or excuse me, there's two reallys. We really, really, truly want to see achieve their best with the Minnesota Twins. I'll let Ken Rosenthal do the talking for me, who, in describing the Twins offseason, said, Their additions have been uninspired. The White Sox, by contrast, have loaded up to the tune of $250 million spent this offseason. That was my own uh, editorial thrown into there, but remain largely young and unproven. If nothing materializes, the twins might rue their lost opportunity. And he is 100% right. And how Judd Zulgad, how are Royce Lewis, Alex Kirloff, or anybody else off the table or borderline untouchable, especially in an offseason where your, your competitive window has just opened you haven't made any splashes or improvements to your roster. One, myself, might make the argument that you've actually taken a step back as a roster and created holes that weren't there last year. And on top of that, in an offseason where the likes of Arenado, Betts, Bryant are on the trade market and others, other big names, other big splash baseball players are out there on the trade market, which is going to start to heat up here soon. And you're going into that saying, yeah, these guys, we really, really are desirous of holding on to them. How? How is that even possible and why? Can I interpret that first for you by saying what he said was those two are untouchable instead of all the doublespeak? Like, that's all he said is. Yeah, that's a way. That's his way of saying they're untouchable. We really, really, really don't want to trade them. So we're really, really, really not going to make a trade. So really, really quit calling us. Uh, I don't know. And I've, you know what? I'm done guessing. I'm done guessing at what they're going to do. I have no idea. I'm done guessing. 
Derek and I fundamentally, Wetmore, have a huge disagreement because I just don't see how with the team that they have and the roster that they have and the offense that they have, I don't understand how you go to Fort Myers and try and sell anybody, including your clubhouse, on Homer Bailey being your third starter. Like I, I Derek keeps saying it's better. The rotation is better. No, it's I, not. I don't see that. And I don't see how and I've been the one uh pounding the drum for the fans, you know, give the fans something, give people a reason to buy tickets. But I'll back up from that and make it simpler. Give the clubhouse reason to believe. If I'm a if I'm Nelson Cruz, I gotta be honest, I'm making some phone calls here. Target Field. I'm calling probably calling Rocco, I'm calling Derek, and I'm calling Thedemson. What are you guys doing here? Because if I'm Nelson Cruz, I'm an aging slugger who gave you a great year, and it's a jumping-off point for... And my career is just about done, right? I mean, I got a couple years, maybe a couple who years knows? left. Yeah, yeah I, might have my, I might be going into my last year. I don't know. I want an opportunity. So forget the fans for a second and ticket sales. Let's just talk about the players who you're trying to sell who sold you on what they had, which was which was what hundred and one wins last year? Yeah, playoff appearance. But then it became quite clear what your deficiencies were, and so now if you're a player, you want to see what the vision is, and you're telling me the vision's Homer Bailey, Rich Hill, Rich Hill, who's probably going to come back in July, Rich Hill, who, you know, I'm sick of hearing he's really good. Dot dot dot. When healthy. Because he's not healthy. You, you know what you are when you're 40 years old, Judd? You're often not healthy. Yeah, that's I know. what Rich Hill is. And I said this at the trade deadline. So I got nothing. I just turned 40. What are you trying to say? I was and just about to say the same thing. Rami knows what you're talking about. How healthy are you? <laughs> and look at you. I'm sufficiently healthy. I get here every day. I got a little bit of a chest well, cold Rich, right now. Rich Hill's not dying. He just can't really play sports very much. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's no offense. No. At, at that age, you shouldn't be able to. Right? right? No. And Nelson Cruz, in, who's in incredible shape, has the same thing. Like he can't play till he's forty-five. Well, I mean, we don't know how long that wrist is going to bother him for. Anyway, right? yeah. Sorry. So, so Rami, and this is where I was at the trade deadline, where I said that this front office failed a team that theoretically needed a couple of things done in order to become a true contender that they never became. The front office failed them by not going out and making a big move by not going out and giving a reason in that clubhouse for them to believe. They did not give the clubhouse the the extra the extra push that they might have needed or the extra belief that said, "You know what? Our front office believes we can go win a World Series this year." Instead, they showed up with Sergio Romo and Sam Dyson. And I'm sorry, but that doesn't make anyone in a clubhouse believe that you are going to win a World Series. That's not those aren't the moves that do that. As a Cubs fan, you know that in 2016 they were a real they were the best team in baseball all year mm-hmm. but when Aroldis Chapman walked through those clubhouse doors at the trade deadline changed they things. all believed it changed things right? right the the twins never did that and you know what when these guys reconvene in, in Fort Myers or wherever spring training yeah Fort Myers right when when they reconvene there for spring training and it's largely the same group but you're adding Homer Bailey and Rich Hill what reason do they have to believe oh our front office thinks that we can we can do this the front office is failing them again this is two opportunities in a row where they have swung and absolutely whiffed. Those guys should be on the table, right? Absolutely. And you, and you should be, especially because, look, we talk about the bidding wars of free agency. <laughs> and we sort of succumb to the fact that you can't, you, you can't contend with the Yankees and the Dodgers of the world. If they really want a guy and are willing to outspend you, they will outspend you. And there isn't a whole lot that, they, that the Twins can do about that. We understand that. 
But when we're talking about the trade market, which again, like I said, includes the likes of Arenado, Bryant, uh, Francisco Lindor. I mean, there are some big guys out there who are available for trade this offseason. Mookie Betts is another one. You are as rich as anybody in the resources that it's going to take to get but, those guys in the trade market. The fact that you don't want to spend resources in any way, shape, or form, whether stop. it's money or whether it's prospects, right. is inexcusable when your competitive window just opened but up. let's give them... See, we're... we're we're broadening this conversation out too too much. What frustrates me here is the answer and the path is so obvious. And this is what because if we start talking about okay, you get this third baseman and you pair him with this guy and then you get this guy and then you get bullpen help and then you get a closer, you need starting pitching. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you need one starting pitcher. And that's what they haven't gotten. That's what they didn't get at the deadline. So we all said, well, let's be patient. Free agency's coming. They didn't get that guy now. Now you say, okay, back to a trade. It's not happening. And to me, what makes this really disturbing and where there's a delusional component that's entered the equation is you signed Homer Bailey and Rich Hill. And I don't think you were like, yeah, yeah, we're them. You know what? They they might be good. I think you thought we're plugging them in. Yeah, that's not an answer. No, but you know, let's let's stop. If these guys needed eighteen components, all right, then it'd be like, okay, this is sort of confusing because you need a first baseman, you need a third baseman, you need a left fielder, you know. But the reality is, I don't expect them to hit as many home runs as they did in two thousand eighteen, but I or nineteen, but I expect them to still be good offensively. So what they need is a clear-cut starting pitcher, which, by the way, in in the July series here against the Yankees and in the playoffs, God gave you a glimpse of where you were and what you needed. And you they got a preview. It. You right. got a preview so there, so in so there's, July. There's a delusional aspect here that's extremely disturbing because we could talk about how smart these guys are and and the fact that they've made some good moves and the fact that they can develop. But if you but right now what you are telling everybody, including your clubhouse, is for the most part. When it comes to contending for a World Series, for sure we are punting. You yeah. are you are giving you are it it is it is fourth and one at the four at, at your opponent's forty five, and you're in punt formation. And you are essentially what the Minnesota Twins front office has told us so far this winter is that they're scared to be really good because they were they were a good team in 2019. They weren't a great team. Their win total was inflated by a really bad division. And and that is what it is. They were probably a team that was realistically a 89 to 93 win team that got to play 19 games against the Tigers, 19 games against the Royals, and 19 games against the White Sox. I do the think, worst division in baseball. I do they, think, they were a good team, a normal playoff team. They were not a normal 101 win team. There was a gap between the Yankees, Astros, and the rest of the American League. I'll give you that. But yeah. I think the Twins were... were at the top of that group after that gap, if sure. that makes any sense. I'm not going to third. argue. I'm not going a to. A distant but, third best team in the AL. those teams were like real 100-win teams that you're Agreed. like, oh, those teams are really, really good. Those teams are great. They can win a World Series. There was never a moment last year where I believed that the Twins could win a World Series. They weren't good enough. They had inflated numbers because of who they got to I play. I gave them a chance. And you don't bl- I, I don't blame them for that. That's It's not their fault that the Royals were... In a re- the early portion of a rebuilding stage after a very successful run prior to that, that the White Sox were nearing the end of their rebuild, and that the Detroit Tigers are feeling the the pain of 
overspending on guys like David Price and Miguel Cabrera for the past decade. That's not Minnesota's fault. They earned those wins, and they won 100-plus games. You have to give them credit, but you have to look deeper than what it was. And I don't know that the front office truly did that, because if they would have, I think it would have shown that, okay, we know what our record says, but we're really not quite that team. We're good, but we're not great. There's an avenue to get great, and they're scared to take it. I think... I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they did cost-benefit analysis of these free agents who were out there and decided they weren't they weren't worth the money and they're going to wait for the right guy at the right price. I don't think, but I do believe Who's to that, say that guy ever comes along. That, but I, that's true. But I do believe that it does, regardless of what I think, it does send the message that Judd and Danny are saying it sends to most fans and to the guys in the clubhouse when you don't add to a team that just opened their competitive window. It sends that message of. We don't believe in you quite enough yet to invest in what it's going to take to take that next step. I do believe that's the message being sent, even though I sit here and give them the benefit of the doubt that they're just doing what they think is the smart baseball thing to do and not diving in the free agent waters to go and get these guys who we've called on to get this offseason. But, but here's the other thing. They've tried diving in the free agent waters. We keep hearing, oh, the Twins were close or whatever. We keep hearing that. They've tried. They failed. Yeah, I think that they've in in those negotiations. Let's take Bumgarner for example. If if it was a bidding war and it wasn't just he wanted to go live on his ranch in Arizona and be around his horses, let's say it was just a fair, even bidding war, and the highest bidder was going to win. Sure. I think at some point, like happens in any bidding war, one of the bidders steps back and goes, "Too rich for my blood. We don't think he's worth that." Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened in these in in free agency. Not. Yeah, we're, we don't think we're ready to take that next step. We don't think we're a good baseball team that's worthy of adding to. I think it was just cost-benefit analysis, and they deemed those guys not worth the contracts that they eventually ended up getting. Back to my point then. Okay, what about a trade? You can't make the argument that Arenado, Betts, Bryant, or Lindor would not be worth what you're going to give up for them in prospects because you can't guarantee me or even tell me that you're 60 or 70% sure that Lewis or Kirloff will be the level of player that Arenado, Betts, Bryant, and Lindor are. And even then, I think that Lindor can be removed from this conversation. Because if Cleveland does trade him, I would be stunned if it's to the Twins. See, I wouldn't, and because... I would be stunned if, if you're, it's an interdivision If you're trade. trading a guy like Lindor, you're waving the flag on the division, and you don't really care how good the Twins are, how it much Lindor beats up back. on you for the next few years. I'll shorten the list, though. What about John Gray? We've talked about John Gray. John Gray is out there. John Gray. Go, go, go get John Gray. You know, that, I mean, see, I want impact. And I, I know they need starting pitching, they, Judd. They've got to get starting pitching. But if you have Nolan Arenado, who, by the way, is locked which, up which through at with, least 2021. Which and would come with John Gray. Might come with John Gray. Your lineup is better than it was last but, year, and you can afford to have a little less pitching because you're going to score a crap load of runs. But the Donaldson conversation and the conversation of impact offensive players is done to distract us from what the team really needs because we're like, are they going to get Donaldson? Because then they'll move Sano and then they'll hit all of these home, home runs. I got a simple question. What if the ball's not juiced? What if the ball's not juiced? The home runs fall, but you don't have the pitching still? So, again, this comes down to a conversation of, I, I think the Donaldson thing distracts us. We're ADD kids, right? And we're like, oh, Josh way. Donaldson, Josh Donaldson. No, let's go back to, you guys have to get pitching and you're not doing it. And we're not, you don't have to get Kofax. That's cool. I'm cool with that. But you do have to get a starter who can slot either slightly above Burrios or between him and Jake. But you can't sell intelligent baseball fans on Homer Bailey. You can't. Not as an upgrade. If, if, if I'll, I'll meet, I'll even meet Derek in the middle 
and say that the starting rotation is a wash to what you had last year. I'll even give them that, and I have to move a little bit to give to to concede to that. But Fair okay, enough. but you're not better in your starting rotation than you were to start the year last year, and you've opened up a hole in your offense. That's to, that to me is why I say that this offseason is on the brink of disaster or failure because not only did you not take a step forward and improve your roster in the offseason right after you opened your competitive window, you took a step backward and got worse while the division was getting better around you. Mm-hmm. That's inexcusable. And especially when the trade market is what it is and you're as rich in assets as the Twins sit today with Lewis Kirloff and the, re- and the rest of their minor league system inexcusable to take a step back or get worse from one season to the next when you just opened your competitive window. The free agent class was what it was. The trade market is what it is. And you have the assets that you have, both in payroll flexibility and in prospects to spend and make the moves that you need to make. So in their minds, are they thinking we are going to be good with our prospect pipeline and our prospect pool? We are going to be good for five years. And so if we're good in 2020, that's fantastic. And if we're not, who cares? Because by 2022 or 23, we're going to be great. And so we're not going to trade those players. Because to me, I'll go back to, I think the assumption of success in sports is stupid. Like to assume that these kids are going to develop and to assume you... You have a window here, and the White Sox are are going to make the division better, but you still have Kansas City is still retooling at the very best. Detroit stinks. Mm -hmm. The point being is there are still wins to be had here. Eventually, these teams are going to, if not get good again, get far more competitive. And now you're going to be, so let's say we're in 2023, and you think you're really good, and your division's damn good by then, and you don't win it because guys get hurt. There, there's just a, it drives me nuts, the Strasburg thing, to go way back, always drove me nuts. We're shutting him down. Why are you shutting him down? Because we don't want to jeopardize his future. But your present's really damn good, and yeah. you're shutting him down now? It's hubris. It's hubris, and if I owned a team, I'd go to my executives and say, what the hell are you doing? I'm all for looking towards the future when you're not in a competitive window. Once sure. the competitive window okay. opens, it's about now. It's mm-hmm. about it's always about right now. And imagine and how do you give yourself a best chance to win a World Series? And if so many teams around you in your division stink, it's not just about now, it's a godsend. Yeah. The Kansas City Royals and Tigers, you play them a combined, I believe, thirty eight times. It's a godsend. And you're basically spitting on it. Do you guys know what what if the season opened today, what we're looking at around the infield? Maybe the worst defensive infield that it exists in Major League Baseball today and a step back offensively. You're looking at Sano at first. I don't even... Because in my in my plans, I think you have a rise at, at third, maybe, or Marwin Gonzalez at third. Which I think either, Marwin Gonzalez is at third. Either way... And by the way, you, you saying a rise... Normal is really... rise. I'm sorry. That's that's how disenchanted no, I, I am right now. You're done. In the Minnesota Twins. You're done. And this offseason. I, I didn't even roll my R and I didn't even know I was doing it. Yeah, you're that mad. I'm just that downtrodden that when upset. it comes to this offseason for the Twins. Okay, so let's say And then Polanco at short. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Gonzalez. I think it's Gonzalez at third, Sano at All the first, way all the way around yeah, the horn. It's bad. All the way, what it is. All the way around the horn. A, you're worse offensively than you were to start a year ago. And B, you're a hundred and tenth or worse. Across your infield and defensive outs above above replacement. 110th or worse in all of Major League Baseball infielders. That's bad. That's I'm I'm not here to argue with you about this. Yeah. You, you I'm are, with you. I will not defend the twins defense whatsoever. 
I don't. I just. I just don't know how you go this whole off season. They and have like one good defender on the. Maybe roster. they maybe will make a move. I saw Dan roster. Hayes' article this morning at uh, at the Athletic saying that those guys aren't necessarily off the table, and the Twins are active in the trade season. And, and there's about more calls heat coming in, right? But if if it is what Doogie and Derek and Ken Rosenthal and some others are reporting, this this off season is on like I've like I've said before on the verge of disaster, on the verge of failure. Failure, for sure. We do have some good news uh, regarding the Vikings. Stephon Diggs says he had the flu, but, quote, I'm back, though. So he apparently is you know, As long as, long as they didn't run him ragged in practice today and get him hurt. Yeah. We'll hit a quick break. On the other side, Danny gave the Vikings no chance. He saw no way that the Vikings beat the Saints last week in the wild card round. Is Danny singing a different tune? And are you singing a different tune ahead of the divisional matchup against the 49ers? It's Score North Live. Run 